Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to WBABAG, the Baba G Network. Today, we're going to give you a sample of every single Westworld podcast that exists right now. This is, you don't have to listen to them because I'm going to give you a frame accurate imitation of all Westworld TV show podcasts right now. Okay, ready? Let me get my, here we go. Ready? So it's like two hosts talking, right? So here we go. Hey, hey, Tom, did you, did you see Westworld? I did. I did. I watched all of it. Uh, did you? I did. I watched it too. It's our job to watch it. We have a podcast about it. Ha ha. That's true. And on this podcast, we uh, probably should be talking about what's going on on the show. That's correct. I, uh, I'm not sure what that is, though. Are you, do you know what's going on? Uh, no, I don't, actually. Do you? Um, you know, this season, is, it's the old characters. That's a good thing. And what are they doing? I don't really know. Are they the old characters? I don't know. I have no idea. Are they robots? No one has told me. I'm not sure if they are robots. I don't know what they're doing. What do they do in the show? They have coffee and say things to each other, and I don't know what they're talking about. Either do I. I have no idea what they're talking about. Either do I. Thank you very much. That is my imitation of every Westworld podcast in the world right now. No one has any idea what's going on with that show. And nobody on the show seems to care. I love that. Even HBO doesn't care. There's no, like, disclaimer before the show. <laughs> like, you will not understand anything that's going on on this show. Please enjoy the broadcast of a show that no one has any idea what's going on. And no one will ever find out. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right, so welcome to the uh, Touchdowns All Day with John Barber podcast, where we uh, save you the trouble of listening to podcasts about other shows and entertainment vehicles so you can focus solely on the Disco Biscuits or whatever I happen to be up to because we've been up to some different stuff recently. We did a John Barber live show, which was me in a uh, guitar playing singing position, so very normal different rest of band and it was cool it's all local guys and it's a it's a different thing it's a less of a huge showbiz thing and more of just like a couple guys cooling out playing some music and I, I you need that you need that a little bit when you're a musician you need to you need to just get out and play sweat it out a little bit if you will uh we played the Ardmore music hall a couple weeks ago i'm going to do a podcast on that show and we'll go through some of the jams. Yes, there were jams. And we'll go through some of the highlights. Yes, there were highlights. I know some of you are surprised. I know some of you are shocked. 
I know some of you are on the edge of your seat. You want to know more. There were highlights. Let me tell you. It was a really fun show. We're going to do more with that band. I'm looking forward to it. After that, just to make matters even crazier, the other day I was in Atlantic City and I played a show that was me and a computer also singing and playing guitar, my usual thing. But the computer was doing all the other parts. Oh my God. Everyone was dancing. Everyone was singing along. It was a real show. It was like Big Gigantic with a guitar and some vocals instead of a saxophone and some drums. It was it was a whatever you call that, you know, one-man band. And I know some of you hardcore listeners are like, where's the symbol between the legs, bro? But I would put the symbol on the computer and then put a trigger in between my legs and clap the trigger together, and then that would tell the computer play the sample of the symbols you know what i mean so it's similar but it's a little less embarrassing i guess you 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 have more options for clothing with that band than with your standard big band monkey with the symbols thing you have a lot of options for neon and jumpsuits and some kind of futuristic floral pattern in miami colors and the bottom line is it's just computer music, which is basically every single thing you hear or listen to nowadays, plus a guy who plays guitar and sings who's singing along with that computer, which is really interesting because essentially I really like it. I got to tell you the truth. It's really fun. It's really fun. I got to say that it's just... You know, in a pandemic era when it's really hard to get everybody into the same room, it's kind of cool to be able to do what you would do if everybody was in the same room, but just, you know, at any point in time, whenever you want to with a computer, just press play. So that dance party was in Atlantic City. It was with our podcast network, the fantastic Osiris Podcast Network which I am a happy member of. And it was with RJB, the boss of the Osiris Podcast Network. Uh, he was kind enough to invite me down there for a conversation with uh, him and his co-host. And then I played about an hour. I played maybe, I think I played in a C2B straight acoustic, which actually I think C2B might live in the acoustic set a little bit more than it would live in the biscuit set, which would be kind of fun because it was pretty good acoustic. I was surprised. Um, it's not in a great acoustic key, but it was pretty good. I might change the key of it so it fits a little bit because you could do that with an acoustic much easier than you can with a band. Um, so there's a lot of potential there to do some different things. The reason that I did the computer jam was because that's what I've been doing at home to practice for this amphitheater tour with Dumfries McGee. I, this is what I've been doing. I mean, can we talk about all these tour dates? Can we talk about all these biscuit shows? August 14th, by the time you hear this, probably happened. We are playing Catskill Chill all Sunday night. August 18th, TCU Amphitheater in, in, in Indianapolis with Humphreys McGee. August 19th, St. Louis Music Park. 
again with Dumfries McGee. We'll probably open those two shows, which is still a two-hour set like we play with these guys, but it's just earlier, so get there earlier. August 2021, Caverns in Pelham, Tennessee with Dumfries McGee. Uh, we'll probably headline one of those two nights, and Dumfries will headline the other night. So come on, Dumfries McGee tour. The one we did in June was awesome. I mean, I did a podcast about it. I really loved it. I like playing two hours, leaving it on the stage and walking off. That was a fun experience for me. We're not ditching the set list format, but it's nice for me to have a little fun with the different formats on stage. You know how we're constantly changing things. I know some of you don't love that, but keeps it interesting for me, at least. August 26th, the intersection in Grand Rapids, Michigan. August 27th. The inaugural Sacred Rose Music Festival at SeatGeek Stadium Campus in Bridgeview, Illinois. I did a radio interview about Sacred Rose, and we dropped the Twisted in the Road uh, first play ever on the radio, and I got a lot of responses from heads saying how much they like the song, and it makes me very happy that you guys like the stuff we're making. August 28th, Riverfront Live in Cincinnati. September 8th, the Opera House in Wilmington, Delaware. September 9th and 10th, South Stage at XL Live in Harrisburg, PA. With dogs in a pile and yam yam. Then uh, there are some moving around of shows in the rest of September. So just keep an eye out. I'm not going to give you the dates because those dates are going to change. Then October 27th, Swanee Music Festival, the Halloween show. August 28th, Salvage Station, Asheville, North Carolina, also the Halloween show. October 29th, at Norva, Norfolk, Virginia, also the Halloween show. November 10th and 11th, Infinity Music Hall, Harvard, Connecticut. November 12th, MGM Music Hall, Fenway in Boston, Massachusetts. November 13th, Sherman Theater, Stroudsburg, PA. Played it a couple months ago. Nice little room. November 18th and 19th, Eastern Atlanta, Georgia. And then there's Transatlantic next year in Reykjavik. I think I'm going to be sold out. So, you know, you got to jump on this stuff fast. But anyways, thank you all for listening to the Touchdowns All Day podcast. We are going to do a... Let me tell you what we're doing. Let me just talk about this for a second. Because when we kind of broke down in the pandemic in 2020 i had banked a number of podcasts that were basically right at the beginning of the pandemic a bunch of them so we're going to do these kind of dual releases whenever possible because i want to release those podcasts and i just never did it during the pandemic because i was morbidly depressed that my everybody's life was over um, and I just didn't want to be morbidly depressed on a podcast because, you know, that would be that's like permanent. You know what I mean? I, I would like podcasting in a more Snapchat like format if if you understand what I'm saying. So I didn't release any of those podcasts, but some of them are great. I mean, I have an incredible conversation with Pete Shapiro, incredible conversation with pigeons playing ping pong. I have uh, some really fun stuff that uh like karina reichman did a incredible podcast with me and then i saw karina at the brooklyn mirage last summer when we played there and she was like what's up you didn't release my podcast like what's your problem like what why and you know she like came tell told me she really was upset that i didn't release her podcast and i felt sad because i should have released it i should have released all of them i should have done it i felt bad that uh that i didn't get them out but now we get to do something fun because of that, you know. It would have been one thing if I, like, threw the hard drive into some lava or something like that. But I didn't. I kept it. I kept all the files. And now we're going to do a re-release of those 
pre-pandemic podcast, but we're going to attempt whenever possible to do a post-pandemic interview as well with the same person. It's not like it's a hundred things. It's just a couple people. So it's, don't worry. The podcast is going to go back to music and stuff like that. But we are going to try and release these pre-pandemic, post-pandemic interviews because I think it's just cool to hear people's vibe from pre-pandemic to post-pandemic. Not that we're, you know, I, I'm going to say post-pandemic. I'm, I'm fingers crossed on that. So, hey, this is the Karina Reichman interview. And there's two. There's one I recorded on May 11th, 2022, which was just the other day. And then there's going to be the May 2020 interview, which is going to be episode 46. So this is episode 45 of the podcast. Episode 46 is going to be 2020. So we're going to do the new one first. And then you can listen to them back to back and maybe a little vibe. Uh, You know, everybody knows Karina. She's an American bassist and guitarist from Manhattan. She's the daughter of philosopher John Rockman and Ann Boyman, both professors from Columbia. Thanks for that tidbit, Karunk. She is best known for, uh, she was in Marco Marco Benevento's band on bass. It's so much easier to say that if you throw a little swagger into them. If you try and say Marco Benevento, you never get through it. But if you go Marco Benevento, it just rolls right off the tongue. She replaced Dave Drywitz in that band, the uh, Dave, Dave's great, great bass player. But as you will hear from our tour interview, she has a lot up her sleeves. She does a lot of gigs. She has an incredible musical resume. And uh, <laughs> Karina's musical resume has grown too large to keep track of. I love that. That's such a crunk move for the document right there. Crunk's like, I'm like, I'm like, crunk, can you please just put a little list together of some things that Karina's done and up to so I can, you know, sound smart on the podcast. And Krunk's response is, Karina's musical resume has grown too large to keep track of. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a great way to do it, you know what I mean? Because I can say that and we can move on to the interview and y'all have no idea. And Krunk doesn't have to do anything to write that sentence. He just has to write that sentence. So, oh, wait, he did put some things down. Here we go. He was, uh, he's on the, she was on Karina, not Krunk. Karina was on the Today Show with Julia Michaels. She did a sound check with Fish at Madison Square Garden. She played in the backing band with, with the Howard Stern Show at Radio City Music Hall. That's got to be awesome. America's Got Talent with a flame spewing helmet on her head. She's done gigs with everybody from Moda, Disco Biscuit, Soul Life, Robert Randolph, Marco Benevento, Everyone Orchestra, and now finally her own band. So, Listen to both of these interviews, and you can get a really good idea of what she's up to. She's an incredible talent. She's a great bass player. She's a really funny person. I really enjoyed both of these conversations with her a lot. This is kind of what's great about the podcast is being able to now, Karina and I, like we hang out. We're like friends. So it's, it's nice to be able to make friends with people who are super cool, super talented, and doing great things for the scene. Uh, she also played uh, the holidays show we did in this last i guess a year ago or something whenever that was so you know we've done a couple gigs together and i'm excited to do more so ladies and gentlemen this is the karina reichman episode new and then 46 will be episode old and you can go and we're going to drop them both at the same time so you don't have to wait two weeks to hear the other one you can just go back to back great so Real quick, before we get into the interview, we have a new sponsor. They are Immaculate Seeds and Spores at Immaculate Seeds and at Grow Active Solutions. They're from St. Louis. They thank you for their support. 
Follow them on IG and stop by Grow Active Solutions in St. Louis, which is 3612 Harvard Street, St. Louis. We are going to do an incredible ticket giveaway with them. And it is basically any show you want to go to that is normal tickets. Like, obviously, Iceland would be hard, but um, any other show. We're going to do a pair of tickets. If you want to be part of the ticket giveaway or and or you want a free packet of seeds, go to the store either online through Instagram or the actual, you know, brick and mortar place at 3612 Hartford and mention touchdowns all day when you order. You'll be entered into a contest to win a pair of VIP tickets to a Disco Biscuit concert. And you know how we work these contests on touchdowns all day. It's super loose. It's super fun. And uh, if you win the contest, we'll make sure you are happy. We will always take care of our people. Always. Immaculate Seeds at Immaculate underscore Seeds at Grow Active Solutions in St. Louis and on Instagram. Immaculate Seeds is a cannabis genetic and spore bank. Okay, let's get to this. It's a, it's a cannabis and spore bank. So you can get cannabis and hemp seeds, clones, and spores. Okay, so you buy the seed or the spore and you grow the plant, right? Immaculate Seeds work with some of the best breeders in the country to offer a curated menu that farmers can trust. 20 plus years in the community, they have DNA testing kits to confirm the gender of the cannabis plant. They ship coast to coast and they have a summer sale right now, 20 to 50% off everything on the menu. Mention T-Dad when ordering, get a free pack of seeds. And get entered to win the tickets. So not only if you mention touchdowns when you buy, you don't not only get entered into the contest to win the free tickets, but you also get a free pack of seeds. And you can use those seeds to do whatever seeds do. I mean, I don't have time to research what seeds do. I don't know. I'd have to Google that. Google cannabis seeds and see what it does. And then, then if you want them, go to Immaculate Seeds. They're Immaculate. They sponsored this show. Touchdowns all day. The John Parver Podcast brought to you by Immaculate Seeds. Welcome to the next episode of Touchdowns All Day Podcast with John Barber. Today we are we are having the second interview with the one and only Karina Reichman. We had Karina on the show when the pandemic began, so we have an episode of Karina right when the pandemic hits. Great conversation. And we were going to release that. And we reached out to Karina and told her, hey, we're going to release that. And she said, well, let's cut another one because that one's pre-pandemic. And, you know, pandemic is coming to an end. And then it took us six months to get that done. So here we are today 
doing the second episode, and we're just going to release both of them for you guys, and you can just binge out on Karina and her career and everything that's going on with her over the next week or two till we put out another one. Do a lot of great questions. We have some fan questions for Karina today, which look pretty interesting. A little, a little bit of uh, stuff that I think is going to add some good color to the interview. Thank you, fans, for reaching out with questions. It really helps us. And Karina and I really got to know each other during the 1.0 interview, and we got along really well. And every time I've seen her since, it's been a really cool conversation. They played uh, Mayan Holidays with us this past December. She played with her band, and I was at that show. It was very cool. So a lot of positives here, and we are going to uh, get into that right now. I think she's coming to the studio any minute now. Uh, Let's just talk about what she's been up to in the podcasting world. She had a great Relics podcast called Three from Seven. She did 124 episodes of that podcast, which, you know, what are we on, 43? So crazy podcasting. So she has another podcast out on the Osiris Podcast Network, our podcast network here for the Touchdowns All Day podcast as well. Uh, This podcast is with her quarantine mate, Isaac Sloan. And it's called Inappropriate Happiness with Karina Reichman and Isaac Sloan. They have a lot of episodes in the can, and um, apparently there's a lot of good listening there in the podcast world. Let's talk to her about it. She just got What's it. happening? How are you? What's going Dude, on? Dude, good. How are you? Not much. It's been a long time. Been a long time. Thanks for the redux. It's just... Yeah, it took us almost longer. We were like, yo, let's put that podcast out. And I was like, great. And then you're like, let's do another one. And then I was like, okay. I was just like, years later, here we are. It's like May, May 2020 is a different, it's just a different world. It was like, you know, putting out May 2020 in like April 2022 felt, it felt off. I don't know. I don't know. It's, this is a great idea because it's going to be, people are going to listen to both episodes at the same time, basically, you know. And, great. And they're going to hear a very authentic, pre-pandemic post-pandemic voice because honestly the music business was so heavily affected by the pandemic that we were we we were forced to experience the full brunt of it in the entire business so where you were and where I was also in that first interview is going to be very like real pandemic conversation and then we'll have this which is like what happens we survived the pandemic Right. I feel like we we made it through okay somehow. I mean, how do you feel about it? I mean, yeah, all all of the above is just it's amazing cuz yeah, when you think back to that like time capsule of that last podcast we did, like that was the trenches. That was like the depths of the trenches. Like I'm straight up talking about like killing a turkey on the fucking like, you know, commune I was living on in upstate New York. All right, I gotta turn that on. Hold on a second. Oh, oh yeah, you're good. I'm sorry, I'm dumb. You're good. I didn't turn it off. No, you're totally good. Okay, so tell yeah. us. So you were killing turkeys on the property. I was trying to. I was trying to for for a bounty. You know, I was trying to because my friend's dad said he'd give me five grand if I was able to kill one of them. With no, we had no tools. You know, and I was running around with a tennis racket trying to kill one of the turkeys. <laughs> but that's just you know, I say that just because that's how that's how low. 
<laughs> how low I like I had sunk during that time. And by that, you know, we were all we were okay. We totally did did just fine up there. But like, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a different era of life, you know. And at least uh, these days. It's not quite back to normal, but yeah, I feel, I feel, I mean, shit, uh, worlds away from where we were the last time we spoke. So might as well, you know, do something that's not so anachronistic, you know, or have both. We have the mix of both, which is great. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it works. It could be the first of a whole retrospective that people start putting out post pre-pandemic series is could be very right? artistic, very important to the interview process wildly to have the before and after you gotta have the before and after (laughs) the trenches and the post trenches it's good stuff it's really great well i didn't kill a turkey um (laughs) came came so that's you know for all the vegans uh and like sensible people out there didn't it didn't happen um i'm still broke and it's all good (laughs) and it all it all worked out just fine came uh came back down to the city you know in july of 2020 but when we spoke i was living up uh in rhinebeck new york at my friend's house which was lovely and incredible and uh you know we had a good little little posse going up there in a very insular and excellent way which which you needed at that time um but then yeah came back to the city haven't looked back haven't yearned for any trees or any nature um, i feel like i got my fill in those four months i uh <laughs> right, I lived up right. there. it's a long time to be in nature it was for me it was the longest i'd ever been outside of new york city in my entire life so it really was a long time to be that's impressive um, yeah, you know, yeah, but I'm like, you know, I'm addicted to the pavement, man. I'm addicted to, you know, the the, the nitty gritty. <laughs> so it's good to be back, and uh, yeah, shit's shit's been good. How's shit with you? What the fuck's going on? Well, I I used to live, I used to be addicted to the pavement myself, but I moved out to the country, and now I right. I live in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's like horse drawn carriages around here and stuff, and like weird revolutionary Ah. war fences and stuff like that and i don't know i do this real like sleepy life i have this little studio which you can see right here in my basement which i've been working on amazing put up some cubes and looks um, sick we've been making love it yeah we've been making all the the new disco biscuit releases we've made them all down here and they sound great amazing so i'm like all right maybe there's something going on out in the country where you can get a lot of work done and and just like live easy for a minute. It's not LA. Totally. This is, you know, last time we talked, I think I was living in Los Angeles and I haven't even been back since then, really, except for once. Wow. So where are you exactly now? What's going on? <laughs> I am west of King of Prussia Mall in Pennsylvania. Wow. That'll do it. King of Prussia is as far as you ever want to get from Philadelphia if you're down here. Um Sure. But um, I ended up going all the way out here uh, just because it was the pandemic and we, we didn't know where to go. And and our our families all live out here and we have this little baby and he he's like, got to be out here. It's good for him. So I made a decision, a baby decision. It's not really a great John decision, you know, for me. I could be in New York. I could be in L.A. I could be in Nashville even. Anything hey. pretty much be better than here as far as that goes. But... I've been adjusting, you know. I like the life out here. I think that's great. And you know, when you when you have offspring, you gotta, you know, it's no longer all about you. <laughs> Not that I have any, but like, right? You have to like 
think about the child, the well-being, where you are, all that, all that fun stuff. So good on you. Good on you in PA. So do you like being back in New York? Are you happy about that? Or do you miss living out in Turkey land? I, I don't miss Turkey land. I don't miss Turkey land as, as grateful as I know. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I feel like it, uh, it was, by the way, some of the, some of the best, I am so grateful for my time up there with my best friends, with my boyfriend, with all we like we had a beautiful existence up there and it's exactly you know i'm beyond spoiled for the time we spent up there together it was everything and more let me start off by saying that it was spectacular we all played music we were all jamming it was fucking phenomenal beautiful time beautiful environments all great but i feel like <laughs> i feel like it turned me even more severely into like, you know, I, I'm born and raised in Manhattan. It made me even more severe about how I can't leave the city. I'm like, ah, you know, I love, I'll tell you what I love, Barbara. I love the beach. Right. I'm a beach person, but I'm not a woods person. I'm not, ticks. I'm not, ticks. no ticks, no spiders. You don't want to see me with the spot. Like it really turns me into a screaming little bitch. I'm just, I'm running around. It, it's it's not what you want to see you know so uh you know ah, maybe maybe somebody wants to see content, it <laughs> any content is good content nowadays especially if it's emotionally charged it's more than emotionally charged it's emotionally wrought with uh extreme lunacy and anxiety but it's all great it's all great i'm thrilled to be back in new york it's all excellent uh yeah, I mean, you know, I, I go up when I when I go to Marco's house, Marco lives in Woodstock. So go up there. Same shit. It's very rural. You get your woods, you get your nature. Very pleasant. And I get it, man. I get it. He has, you know, huge studio and peacocks and chickens that lay eggs that he fucking eats every day. It's like it's a beautiful. There's certainly something to it, um, but it's not for me. You know? how, how often do you have to be up at Marco's place? I'll tell you very, very little. We really test the boundaries of uh, probably the least rehearsals for any band. <laughs> I feel like I've rehearsed with Marco. I could probably count on two hands the number of times we've actually like rehearsed, rehearsed at his flight. Like we're the, the masters of the sound check rehearsal <laughs> and whatnot. But like, you know, it's uh, it doesn't it doesn't happen too frequently. But like stay over there plenty my band just played we played in albany and then went and crashed in his place in woodstock that night and like you know we're we we definitely we stay up there playing like at the beginning of the tour we'll crash there and then like head out from there or whatever but it's not it's not as often as you'd think it's really not as often as you'd think but we make it work we make it work it's not you know that's his prerogative. You know what I mean? He's just, I, I'm ready to go. But he's like, ah, you got it. You got it. And he never tells me what songs we're playing. He never, like, there's never a set list. There's never brush up on this. It's just like, yeah, you got it. It's all good. So, so. how do you know the songs? How do you learn your material or, or whatever yeah. makes you feel comfortable in the songs? I mean, sometimes you don't feel comfortable and you're just like, shit, I think we played this one back in 2017, but... I'm not so sure. And you're just like, fuck, is there a B section? Oh shit. There's a B section. Oh my God. What is it? Oh my fucking God. 
and you're on stage just like, uh, did I nail it? Uh, yeah, got it. You know, and it's just in the trenches of your memory. I like when I first joined the band, I had to learn like 40, 45 tunes, I feel like. And that was, so I learned all of those and those are just, you know, even ones that we don't play off and they're like in the trenches, they're somewhere in there, you know? So at soundcheck, you'll be like, oh, do you remember this one? And I'll be like, ooh, yeah, I guess I do. I guess I do remember that. And then, you know, we'll we'll dust it off at a sound check and then uh and then see how it goes. He's very he's very trusting that way. I'm I'm less trusting. I'm much more controlling yeah, <laughs> with my band. Like Me too. I yeah? have trouble with that. I have trouble showing up to gigs without knowing what I'm playing, even if I don't rehearse it. Sure. I still need to know like in advance what it is for some weird reason. It just like an anxiety that goes away if i'm on the plane knowing what my set list is i when i get i don't even try the songs i don't even but i know oh this is happening this is happening then when i get there it feels very comfortable for some odd reason i I don't understand it's a mental thing no i totally feel that and i'm the same way i'm always on edge (laughs) in a good way but he also puts you at ease you know because he's very very much just like ah you got it it's fucking rock and roll it's all good like whatever but I'm, I'm, I'm on your boat with that. So with, with you guys, do you like, how's the set list get developed? And like, are you like, yo, we're going to do this tonight. We're going to rehearse this. Like, does it go through that rigmarole and who decides all that? We do a ton of set list rehearsal. Uh, We do uh, at sound check. We rehearse songs that we haven't played in a long time or anything new we used to do all the tractor beam during sound check because generally the tractor beam involved every button so it was like a good way to sound check um and then sure. we did a lot of uh there's just a lot of different songs that we play in a lot of rotation i feel like the disco biscuits is like a pop quiz every single night it's just like oh this song like i, I haven't even listened to that song and it's like oh that one there's a lot of that so we we have to play through every song in the set before we walk out on stage the day we do that show. And if Shit. we don't, we'll screw up that song. We have to play through. And do you, do you like fast forward through the jams or are you like are doing the entire fucking no, thing we fast every day? do the jams on purpose. We do do the jams because we forget not to jam. We'll be backstage <laughs> and you just be like screwing around and somebody will switch something. Next thing you know, we're jamming off of that. Um, but we don't like to... The jam. We don't want to pre-do the jam because we want the it being in the jam to be, feel fresh on stage. Sure, totally, totally. That makes sense. But every like all of the structured portions of the songs that you play that night, you are doing in sound check. Oh yeah. Well, not on sound check because I can only stand on stage. I have like a problem standing <laughs> up on stage for that long. I just like. <laughs> can't handle standing on stage for three hours and then walking off stage and being like, we haven't even started yet. Like that's right. like, like it doesn't make any sense to me. So I got after an hour, I'm like, I gotta get off the stage. So we try and do whatever we can in an hour. Uh, that's why we do a lot of multi night runs because it's, it's night two really fits the schedule. Night one, it's really hard to get that done. Sure, totally. So you're doing all that you know. You're doing all that you can in sound check, but then you're going backstage and being like, yo, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's run through this, that, and the other thing. And getting that popping that you see, that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. I like that. Cause then you feel fucking comfortable and confident in what you're about to do. And then I do the same shit with my band. We leave, 
the jam, like, you know, get through all the shit that's through composed, leave the jam for the stage, you know, for the show, save it for, save it for the show. Save it for the show. And, uh, yeah, you know, then it's fucking spontaneous and cool and God willing, something interesting happens. And if it doesn't, there's tomorrow. <laughs> well, you guys are in something when you're in that jam with Marco, because when I listen to Marco's music, it's so wild and just like, like, uh, he doesn't seem to have any limitations of scales or keys or anything like that. He doesn't seem, nothing of that stuff seems to get in his head or bother him ever. And I'm just wondering, is there some kind of advice that he gives you and how to play in that format? Like when, when, so can I, when I play with people, they'll be like, okay, we're in E minor. And I'm like, okay, we're in E minor. Are you guys really ever really in E minor? Even if the song is in E, like, how do you decide how to play along with that? Well, playing along with him is fascinating and spectacular because he is well first of all he's a savant you know what i mean he's that he's that good that none of this phases him you know what i mean and like he's just like so confident and so good to go which he is he's just he's super fucking good to go me on the other hand i i don't fucking know i'm like you know it's it's actually it's actually like like we barely ever he never says oh you know and then here we'll go from e minor to whatever like it's literally just like you got it type shit like he's so <laughs> kind of like he's kind of like the ultimate punk rock like ethos you know what i mean while being this like jazz savant it's kind of it's absolutely fascinating and i've taken you know i i i i love that sensibility in so many ways because it's just like wow it's sink or swim out there and that guy is so fucking brilliant mm -hmm. at his instrument and just he's a compelling force of nature that you're just like all right well let's see what the fuck happens you know and let's see what key this ends up in and you know see if i add the right notes to embellish the notes he's do you know what i mean like all it's weird. And then if I do something weird because he's so good, he's just like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm right there with you. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's this kind of it's but things are very infrequently spoken about, if that makes sense. It's literally like if I'm just like, yo, like, do you mind if we run this? He's like, oh, yeah, totally. And then we'll get to it. He's like, ah, you got it. You're good. You're good. You're good. And I'm like, but am I good? It's funny. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that a lot about the jazz guys, especially the earlier jazz guys like Dizzy and, you know, early culture and early miles was that they didn't like their, their music is so like combed over from a theory perspective. But for sure. them, it was more like, yo, we're just going to do like hit the standard to keep up or whatever. It wasn't quite as theoretical. It was a lot looser and more random than people really give it credit for. Sure. And these are theoretically the people who know the modes and the intricacies better than any dipshit off the street. You know what I mean? Or any like who, you know, like, and it's kind of fascinating when you see these people who are so schooled and so capable and fluent in the language of music that they're just like, I, we're just playing, man. We're just fucking playing. And that's like, there is something wildly actually really inspiring about that because it's just about trust in your musical compadre. You know what I mean? He's just like, he trusts me for some godforsaken reason. I don't know why, <laughs> but he's just like, you're good, man. I'm like, uh, yeah, I will meet you right there. And thank God you're so good. Cause you know, I'm just trying to make him 
sound as good as possible all the time. It's his thing, you know, and it's his music and you just want to be there as the supporting figure in the whole thing. But yeah, no, it's kind of fascinating. And it's definitely like he, he has such a good way of like, which I definitely try to bring to my band of just like, you know, you never overthink it. You take it seriously, but not too seriously in terms of like, you know, you're not making yourself sick over what the fuck is like either just occurred or what's about to occur. You're just living so freely and in the moment and tied to the moment. He's really, it's pretty, it's, it's remarkable the way he, uh, he kind of in, embodies the whole thing. So it's awesome. It's an awesome thing. Very cool. I think if I was playing with y'all, I would, uh, I would move up and down a half step in whatever I was doing all the time. I would just be like, okay, do something. And on the third time through, I'd be like, just, yeah, just move a half step and see what happens. Oh, dude. Watch you guys That's just like automatically react and respond <laughs> without even thinking about it while you're, you know, I'm sure it's pretty, uh, it would be pretty amazing. I'm like, I feel that half step movement that John's fucking throwing in there. I just feel it. What the fuck, dude? I, I do feel him all I... the time. I feel like, I feel like, uh, especially chromatic runs, you can move them around by half steps as, as far like the group of the run and people can never tell because it's a chromatic. But sure. Getting the root movement and the end of the scale movement, and then you can pull away the chromatic, and you just have the root, and you're off by a, and then you can pop back, and you know, there's just you can go on for days with stuff like that. Totally. Well, you do it well. You do it real well. <laughs> it's interesting because <laughs> so cool. it's generally random. It's very random. For sure, and it's just something you're feeling in the moment, and just trying to cook up <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's it's cool. Like when. Uh, when uh you know there's the hbo show about the lakers and they're talking about magic johnson and like him playing basketball and he just started doing the skyhook kareem skyhook and he's not supposed to be doing the skyhook he's not playing the host, you know and, um, right and yet you know he's just having fun with it just going for it and it became his signature shot i think is i don't want to give away what's probably going to happen in the next episode <laughs> but uh, are you watching any good television right now? Do you have? I'm so remiss. I'm so remiss when it comes to television, Barbara. It's really sad. It's some sad shit. I I'm like I'm behind on absolutely everything. I've started. I've started so little. You need to point me in a good. I'm watching. It's always sunny reruns. That's what I'm looking. <laughs> okay. That is the classic. I'm a New Yorker. Answer to be honest, like I never watched TV when I lived in New York either. It's like you live in New York. What? Do, what do you? You don't have a room for the TV. A and B. <laughs> where are you gonna? Why you? Nobody has a couch even, and you're gonna go out. You're gonna, there's great food. There's everything to do. Yeah, of course. Ah, oh, it's such a shame. Yeah, you know it's really true. When I lived in the country, we watched TV every night. Those were the those were the golden days. Those were the golden days. It's like me. I watched I watched a season of Australian Survivor a few weeks ago, and I was just like, oh, this, shit. Is the, this is the bottom of the barrel right here. Watching bad <laughs> game shows that aren't even in America. You're not even allowed to watch them in America. Pirating bad television that's the it's unbelievable oh it's so good i wish i watched more you know and i was just honestly i've been fucking i i did a month i was gone the entire month of march on tour opening for pigeons playing ping pong for the whole month and then more shows like headlining shows back across the country from the west coast and whatever and then i was home for like what felt like two and a half weeks i think it was two and a half weeks and then i just did another like 12 day 
run with this band called Too Many Zoos, which was awesome. And then just did the festival. And then I just went to an undisclosed location to mix my record the next day, like drove back from Atlanta, went to the undisclosed location, mixed my record, you know, and then got back like 48 hours ago. So I feel like I've just not had a second to like, you know, the greatest, the greatest joy is watching South Park in your hotel room at three in the morning when you come back from the gig. That is really what I live for. It's Fantastic awesome. television. It's great. And you can always, you can always depend on it. It's very comforting. You know? With good hotel supplies, I might add. If you have a, some, some bubbly waters and maybe sliced mango or something and then you have some <laughs> South Park. It's about phenomenal. You can do on the road. At Toblerone, you're not even worried about the Toblerone getting on the sheets because it's not your problem. You know, it's just great. It's unbelievable stuff. It is you're taking a bath. <laughs> you know, I fucking this is this is a deep cut here, but I'm like, I like, <laughs> I straight up, I can't even say it because it's so ridiculous. I uh, I take a bath in every shisty ass disgusting hotel room and every day i come down to the lobby and everybody is just like tell me you didn't do it tell me not tonight you didn't do it here right i'm like ooh, yeah i did it here They're like oh sister no please god how did you do it i'm a big fan i love the hotel bath i think it's great it just it's I'm a, a woman of luxury, John. <laughs> I think it's great. Me. I don't know what your bandmate. Thank you. What's the problem with your bandmate? You're cleaner they, than them easily. A bath in the evening and a shower in the morning, and your girl's good to go. I'm just, I, you know, I don't know how you relax after the gig. <laughs> a little South Park, a little Toblerone, a little bath. In the... It's almost identical, except my bathtub needs to be like in the back of a pickup truck because I'm way too big for the bathtub and whatever. Yeah. We're at. We should build that. Can we build that? I'm like way into that. Let's go. Good. I mean, you know. What do you in rural that PA, water when if you hit the brakes on I seventy two, like what happens to all the water in the back? We just need to figure that one little thing out and then go with it. You you just splash onto the Amish's like horse and buggy behind you, and you say sorry, and you know keep driving. I don't know. I think <laughs> like hallelujah or something. <laughs> crazy white people with electricity shit. They have Amish people here in my basically my neighborhood. I see Amish people all the time. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is I'm in my fantasy. I come to you. We buy a pickup truck together and we figure out some crazy, you know, people with electricity shit, figure out how to heat the water in the back of the pickup, drive all around to like King of Prussia, make it rain. I don't know. Just I'm just spitballing. It'd be an incredible way to promote this album that you're making in an undisclosed <laughs> location. Is that the name of the studio non-disclosed location? Not quite. It's not. not taken, so they went with non-disclosed You know, they were like, Muscle Shoals is taken, so we're thinking, yeah, no, totally. Greeno, let me tell you, this is how we did it down in Muscle Shoals. Dude, let me tell you about Muscle Shoals. still owns that studio. Is that true? Yeah, he plays I didn't know drums that. in modern measure, and he, uh, no, they bought it after the fact. It's just a little tiny studio. It's like buying a barber shop, you know what I mean? It's this little tiny, like, cinder block building and down there wow. but they just happened to have gotten you know aretha when the band was about as hot as any band has ever been so that's sure i think that's why they got it is what it is but tiny little room nothing special at all 
but just the most special shit, just the most special records ever, you know? Yeah, yeah. seriously. <laughs> most special. You could probably like remember when they t- took Yankee Stadium and they like took it apart and they sold all the pieces of Yankee Stadium. It was like 40 grand for a piece of rock from the front of Yankee Stadium and people paid for it. They you could probably get more for Muscle Shoals Studio if you if you separated it into the bricks and sold them off or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what totally. why that matters. I'm just thinking in my head that <laughs> non-disclosed or undisclosed location is probably a I would love yeah, you know, I, I haven't thought of a name for this studio yet, but I wish I thought of that because it would be a great studio name. Dude. Super cool. Take it. run with it i just don't want to i don't want to step on whatever studio you went to's toes by if if that's the name i think they're fine i think they're really fine on that and you can totally take it and run with it you could park your pickup with the hot tub in the back and like it's all good i think i'm gonna get sued don't don't even give me that i know it's gonna happen it's like uh the lawyers are calling you cease and desist you have to change it to none or no disclosed or just change the un and you'll be fine so how many songs do you make for this record let's get down to it we're we're talking we're talking it's a nine song record i can't wait to yeah you know it's that's a it's a classic classic number right not a that's not a millennial ep four and a half or that's there's nothing millennial about this shit barbara we're going straight to gen x with this shit unfortunately we should be reaching younger but you know it's me it's a little complicated (laughs) so all pot consumed while listening to your album must be consumed in smoke form you cannot eat a gummy you have to roll a joint and smoke it it'll probably work better if you do it analog you know, yeah, the the analog joint will probably do you better. But who am I to say? You can do it however you want to do it. Um, yeah, I'm, still I'm sorry. I'm, t- I'm not. Oh, great. I'm still going to. Oh, great. Me. Hey, Matt, however you got to get through the record is totally cool by me. It's really all good. I will tell you this. Yes. Uh, uh, maybe maybe the best 10 seconds of the record uh, features Aaron Magner. Wow. On the on the keys, which is which is a fun feature. First time I'm saying that out loud in a uh, semi-public format. So that's cool. He absolutely bodied this shit, um, might I say. And he does. He's uh, he's he's good at the stuff and the things, man. Right. He's good. Okay. Clutch cargo guy, man. Kid Clutch play. cargo guy. <laughs> Kid can play. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Kid can play. Uh, yeah, man. No, it's exciting. It's all excellent. I can't wait till I can like talk about it more. Um, you know.
I can divulge more soon, but right now I can't. So, you know, that's it. It's a great in that way. Can't you divulge anything? This podcast's not going to come out for 2 years. The album's going to be out already when podcast... If the podcast comes out in 2 years, man, like you got you just you just got to promise me it comes out in 2 years and then I can divulge all this crazy shit yeah, about it. Yeah, but there's crazy you. shit. There's crazy you. shit. Two, it's very uh, two, you know, it's years. it's <laughs> two, two, two chinchilla years is what it would be. Couple chinchilla years, yeah, totally. You, you know, I had two chinchillas growing up. Let me tell you about that. Come on, that's, chili. That's... Chili was the first one, mm-hmm. and Chi Chi was the second one. Wow. Bless them both, man. Did you name Bless them, them both, both when you were a kid. Oh yeah, absolutely. What great dog Dude. names. Chili and Chi Chi. Yeah, yeah, it's good Amazing. stuff. Amazing. <laughs> what I like about it. It's extremely cute and playful, but it's not like also a type of barbecue sauce. You know what that I mean? helps a lot. <laughs> oh, dude, totally, hundred percent. Give their dogs like playful names that also happen to be like a phrase or something like that. If, right. No offense to anyone. Well, let me ask you that. What the that? fuck, Ben and Jerry? I, well. Right. Right. Here, I I have a bit of a bone to pick. And I shouldn't say this all out loud, especially not on your podcast, but like, you know, people, all these heady fucking people naming their dogs, Jerry Mm -hmm. and Tila and fucking Karini Mm -hmm. and Harpua, like all this shit. You know what I mean? Like, are you ever encountering any dogs named Shamrabu? No, no. Okay, good. Well, that's good. That at least named their dogs after our music. It's I bet you. It's unspoken. I, I would be willing to bet there are some Shamrabus running around, and like I'm kind of more into that than I am the Tilas of the world. It's kind of a little more creative. Little, <laughs> I mean, honestly, the problem with the whole disco biscuit scene is that like the the like guys and girls name each other like hot air balloon. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, there you go. Like that's... I don't know. Some girl will be like, I don't know what my boyfriend's talking about. He's just a fucking hot air balloon. Just let him go. Oh. Let him do his thing. It's more like tongue in cheek like that. It's less it's less birth certificate. It's Right. It's more like that. But how about this? Do you go on you go on Instagram and see that you've been followed by like ten people and they're all named like Bernstein and Chaznoff six nine six nine and then they're named like all that yeah, right? Like even me, I don't even I'm not even in the Disco Biscuits, and I'm followed by Bernstein and Chaznoff, 696969. Like, I don't know. How did I get so lucky? <laughs> it's probably a bot. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's actually a political <laughs> bot. It has nothing to do with the Disco Biscuits. It just right. named it that. So totally. That convince you of, like, <laughs> that plastic is good for the ocean or something like that. You know what I mean? I knew it, dude. I fucking knew it. The dolphins all the taste of plastic. That's what that bot is supposed to do. <laughs> It's great. Well, it's a good thing I didn't follow back. <laughs> Sometimes plastic goes into the dolphin's teeth and cleans out unhelpful plaques and other contaminants with like a smiling dolphin. It's like, dude, you're just helping the dolphins out, bro. Don't even unclip those beverage. What do you call those? The plastic that holds the brew dogs together. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing you have. Those. To, you have to cut that or you feel like a bad person. Yeah. If you don't cut that, you're probably strangling wildlife. But maybe you're flossing a porpoise's teeth. So maybe, yeah. nobody ever talks about that part. You know, it's always it's these always are the, the things. Strangle. It's never the floss. It's just like, <laughs> today's media is unbelievable. Well, I'm excited to listen to this album, and I'm excited to made a nine song album. That's really good. it's really hard to do. We can't even do it. I I, I don't see anyone pulling off that kind of production. You know, <laughs> did you play? 
Did you play yeah. those? You know, so we, I told in the preamble to this podcast thing, I was like, hey, you, we did the Mayan holidays together this past year, or whatever they call it, the Tulum holidays that we did. Or yeah. Whatever it was. And then, um, and you played Saturday night, right? You played at like 1130 or something. I played like the, the first like real night, like the, whatever that was, the Friday, the Thursday, I have no fucking clue of that, but it was, it was, it was early on there and it was like the first late night and it was after you guys. Yeah. So did you play any of the songs that are in that nine in that set? Are you not allowed to tell me that? No, I could totally tell you that, that I can tell you. Yes, I did. (laughs) And we'll hear well, the 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 two I have six singles that are out and alive in the universe as of this current moment, right? And one uh the two of those six that have made it onto this record are Plants, which is my first single, and then this tune Elevator, which is my second single. And those right. two made it onto the record, but they Plants didn't really get a facelift, but it sort of got a little remixed and remastered. And elevator did get a facelift. It's 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 the same but different. It's the same but different, you know. So that's cool. Yeah, and I played both of those at holidays. That was the shit. And I uh, I played actually. Yeah, we were actually totally road testing shit there. <laughs> we played a tune called Trampoline that made it on the record, and a tune called Beacon that made it onto the record. And other than that, no, I think that's it. I think that's where uh, where. It ended right there. So four tunes on the record were played at holidays. Is, is that great. beacon like I'm your your light in the darkness, or is it beacon like we met at the Beacon Theater? Well, a little bit of both, you know. <laughs> no, really, more more of the light in the darkness. Uh, if push came to shove, but I mean, for the amount of nights I've spent at the Beacon Theater, I think they it kind of you know. They're, they're one and the same to me. It's okay. Yeah, I'm sure. Right? That's, that's been the one consistent room. Dude. And I used to go to every night of the almonds. That was like my, my thing in high school. I was absolutely, you know, the, <laughs> the power of Warren compelled me. And I was there every single night just doing it proper, going to school the next morning. Like, I remember that. They used to do deep. Like 30 nights in a row at the Beacon or something crazy. That's, like that. It's what it felt like. It's what it felt like. I think it was 10, but it definitely felt like 30. It was uh it was a marathon not a sprint. It was a beautiful a beautiful thing. Miss it dearly. Really made March March in my eyes, but it's okay, you know. You can't keep clinging to the past here. <laughs> it's okay. No, you can't. You have to, you know, move to the tunnel or wherever wherever the future is. Is there a um is there a, a time at Electric Forest you and Marco are playing? That's a great question. I mean, I'm sure there is. I don't know what time I have, it is. I have. A, I are you are you guys doing that? We're doing Electric Forest. Are we on Forest. that? We're on Friday. Oh, fabulous. Like, I'm, we're doing like the 25th. What day of the week is the 25th? Is that a Saturday? I think the 25th uh, is Friday. I'm not sure. Oh. Really bad at calendars. Really bad. I am too. Bad at calendars, bad at maps, bad at directions, bad at, you know, anything that isn't the present moment, you know. I'm, I'm good <laughs> at maps, but I make bad decisions. So, like, I'll figure out gotcha. a really great way to go, but it, why go that way? What is what? It's like an extra hour, you know what I mean? But it'll be like, I love that. in my mind at first, and then I realize, uh, 
you know, someone else should be driving, I guess, at that point. Right. We, so, yeah, it looks like we have Electric Force coming up. We have High Sierra coming up, which I haven't That's been fun. in a really long time. I'm excited to get back there. I actually have always really liked High Sierra. That'll be a blast. That'll be a blast. I've never done it. And RIP, I, that is going to be my first ever. And I haven't, I haven't, this is, this is breaking news. <laughs> this is breaking news if the podcast comes out before, uh, you know, June 3rd. I mean, sorry, July 3rd. Yeah. <laughs> I will, uh, that will be my first ever gig since I've joined Marco's band that I'm subbing myself out for. Can't be there. Can't do it because my band. I play Friday night at Peach Fest with Marco mm. and then Saturday with my band mm. on the main stage. And it was one of those yield, like, you'll exhaust every option and, like, you know, unless somebody listening has a private jet that wants to take me, uh, it just it just doesn't, it doesn't work because Marco plays at, like, noon at High Sierra the next morning, and it's just not going to work, so yeah, you fucking could, A. You could private jet to the airfield by the high school and be basically right at High Sierra. That would be the only way to do it. That would be the only way. Should we ask, like, you know, our pals what, like, hi, touchdowns all day listeners, who's got the jet? Because your girl needs a jet, a and I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure. I think maybe High Sierra sure. could give that per- person with the jet some free tickets and maybe like a VIP keg or something. I think it would be really be a good story. <laughs> I, right? I'm I'm sounding the alarm. I don't it's not like I want to miss the gig. I'm dying to do the gig. We exhausted all options. All the managers working around the clock like a bunch of lunatics to try and figure it out. It's just not going to work out unless somebody's got the jet. So, anybody wants to take me from Scranton to where do you fly? The, the fucking uh, fly to whatever the name is of that town. There's like a little yeah, yeah. There's a little high school area. That town. Area. Yeah, you got to go there. It's like where? Because what are you going to do? Fly to Reno and then drive up. That's still two, three hours that you lose. Where you could be practicing exactly. with Marco to put him to <laughs> exactly. as possible. Yeah, and we got to figure out, you know, what mode we're going to, you know, be in and all this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah it's going to be great. Got it. Yo, man, just do it like Dizzy did it. Do it like Dizzy did it. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Um, Dizzy yeah, so that's the hot goss. What's that? <laughs> no, exactly. Waiting for your trumpet. Yo, so let, let me ask you a fan question. Okay, right. Okay. On. So Alex, who's at Everlasting Bitch, said... To ask you this question directly, uh, if she was going, if you are going to slap Chris Rock or anyone, would you use your whole hand or would you just thumb, base thumb repeatedly? How would you do that? Uh, I love that. I love that. Well, you know, Alex, right? Yeah, Alex. Uh, instinct would have me using my back hand, you know, or the back of my hand, you know, just because. <laughs> You got to work on your pip slap when you have the opportunity, you know, but you make a valid point. The thumb would be more beneficial for me in the long run, I think, because it could really movie. You'd have to figure out how to do it with the thumb, because that would be like your thing. Your, your, you know, Wolverine has the nails and you have like the base thumb, you know? Yeah, just absolutely go 
ape shit on Chris Rock with the thumb. You know, yeah, let's let's go with the thumb. I think it's the better answer. It's the more proper answer. And it's the one it's the one that would benefit me more in the end, because, you know, you take any opportunity to callous up the thumb. So exactly. thanks, Alex. I think you got to go for that. You got to go for that. If you don't work in Hollywood, you should, because that is just <laughs> epic character development in one tweet. It's amazing. All right. Next question. Andy from at Boognish Bear said, mm. what base wisdom did Dave impart upon you when you took over his role with Marco? And what is your favorite Ween song? Oh, baby. Great question. Uh, you know, That's Dave, a it's a hard question. But Dave, you know, uh, Dave Drywitz is probably, you know, my 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 biggest mentor in this world. And I had the, you know, insurmountable task of filling his shoes in the Marco band, which is, you know, to this day is not lost on me. And it's something I, I you know, just want to live up to all the time. Dave, you know, a few a few of Dave's like real real like you know moments of clarity with me and all this stuff was like you know sometimes dave and i would be jamming when i was much younger you know and i would be doing all this fancy bullshit and like tooling around and trying to like be flashy and he would be like karina karina come on let's just play some bass <laughs> and i was like yeah man let's just play some bass dude you're so right so anytime i like do too much I'm quickly, you know, the voice of reason, Dave Drywitz is in my head being like, you know, tone it down. Let's just play some bass <laughs> or whatever, whatever. It's kind of great. It's kind of great. Even though, you know, of course, I'm like, I'm the guy who puts on the fuzz and goes absolutely ham and does shit that bass players should never do. So it's sorry, because I think Dave. every <laughs> single bass player has another person in their mind that says just play bass. Every bass player has that other like person that told them to stop doing whatever and playing bass or whatever that just play bass means to you bass players. It's this thing y'all. Totally. We have a complex about it. It's about, you know, wanting to be complicated and flashy, but really knowing that our, our home is in the pocket and our home is to fucking, you know, support everybody else. Even, uh, you know, even when you're in a trio and you want to just fill all that space, you know, and uh, that's a good one. That's a good anecdote right there. That's one of that's one of many. I mean, Dave has imparted more wisdom to me than just about anybody. He's one of the greatest people on this planet. And the band Ween is my favorite band around. And I, it's very difficult for me to pick a favorite Ween song. Wildly difficult. Just one. Just one. That's really fucked up. Um, They're just so different. Well, it's like, how do you, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, I say if the gun was to my head, you got to pick one. Don't even go, you know, whatever. It's it's transdermal celebration off Quebec. That would be that's that's probably my favorite ween song. But that's incongruous with the fact that my two favorite ween records Mm -hmm. are the mollusk and chocolate and cheese and that song appears on neither of those records so complicated Ween caveat like answer that. Ween is yeah. like that. Ween, they'll name an album quebec for no reason you know i, right. I don't know why you would choose quebec it's cold and it's windy <laughs> i don't know why you would choose that and then you know mollusk i think is like the the classic that's hard to say that the album is just beautiful front to back it's the great 
I feel like it's the great Ween introduction, uh, introduction album. You know, it's like, listen to this. Absolutely. Can't get with this. I don't know what fucking wrong with you type of thing. Uh, 100%. So all you fans who want to find out more about Ween, listen to that stuff. Um, I want to ask one more question because there's the solo project called Too Many Zoos. And uh, I need to know more about it. I just want you to give me the, the what is it and what's going on. That was That was the band I just toured with uh like last week or whatever the fuck that was uh they are they were born in the new york city subway system <laughs> and they are you know a trumpet player and a sax player mm-hmm. who went to manhattan school of music together and are super like absolute virtuosos and ridiculous at their instruments and then they met a gentleman named david in the subway busking as well who straps an enormous kick drum to his waist and beats the ever-loving shit out of it. And then has, like, you know, his snare-esque shit on top. You know what I mean? And, and like, various percussive shit going on. And, uh, man, I mean, we we toured with them for, I don't know how long that run was, 10 days? I have lost all sense of time. But uh, it's pretty incredible. A little too or something? I like that. Something like that, yeah. It was uh, it was something for the kids right there. It was super super fun. We had a blast. We went uh, we you know up upper East Coast and then you know south on the East Coast, which was fun. And uh, they're amazing. They're I mean it's absolutely unbelievable. I just don't understand like you know talking about Dizzy and talking about these guys. Like can you imagine like your every note you played is tied to your breath? I'm fucking out of breath like two seconds in like what the fuck these guys are sustaining just like the craziest i don't even know and they do it's so insane yeah and then they're doing we have so many (laughs) amplifiers and delay pedals and oh my god it's crazy it's i have a whole computer attached to my thing and like those guys are doing the most amazing thing with like a recorder that was slightly higher quality literally (laughs) that's what it feels like dude and they're out there just going for like fucking 90 minutes and i'm like how are you even sustaining this this guy matt matt's the trumpet player i mean <laughs> what did they say about fucking miles they could he could hit the high c all night long this guy could hit the fucking high c all night long it's kind of ridiculous um they're amazing they're a great group you should check them out and they have great recordings they have really sweet sounding uh you know tunes one of which there's a tune of theirs called warriors that I believe it was in, I forget what kind of commercial, but it was in a commercial for a bunch of years um, and was fucking, hopefully they made some fat stacks off of that. I have no, I, don't, I didn't ask him about it, but this, this tune kind of goes and uh, I beseech the listeners <laughs> to check that shit out. And it's, it's rad. They're a great band. They're wild. So did you play bass with them? Oh no, I fucking, my band opened every night on the whole tour. So you never jammed, they had no bass player in their band and you didn't just like hang out, you're a New Yorker, they're New Yorkers and just get a jam going? Dude, don't you think like they had asked me, I would have been fucking knee deep in all that shit. I would have been knee deep, John. I would have been good to go. But no, they they didn't call a sister up. They didn't call a sister up. So this is weird. People are people are so uh, some people are comfortable with their show being exactly the same thing every night. And some people are comfortable with their show being a complete free for all. It's very, you know, all kinds. 
It's true. And, you know, it's, it is, you know, being a bass player, it's kind of weird with the sit-ins, you know what I mean? As a rhythm instrument, like, you know, but, but I could get up there. I could get up there, you know, the bass is a little too much power. Dude, I don't even, I don't even fucking know, but, uh, I would have been thrilled. Didn't happen. They didn't ask. It's all good. No, no hard, no foul. It's all good. Um, but I'm into it. I'm into it. I think I'm getting more comfortable with the concept of, of the sitting, you know, in terms of like, because again, if you're a guitar player, you're a piano player, you're a horn player, you can just dance right on top of what everybody else is doing, right? You get called out, you're soloing, it's great. Easy piece. You don't even have to be in the easy. scale. You can just be easy money. Easy money. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, fucking half-step modulation all day. Oh, you paying attention? <laughs> How about that? Oh, didn't hear that? Okay. Yeah, all night long. <laughs> right there. You're hitting the high C all night long. Killing away with murder. <laughs> Playing the note and then putting it in the scale for the next minute just to make it sound ah, right. Dude. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> and you're hitting the wrong note and then you're not even going a half step up or down to right yourself. Right. You're just like, this is strong, strong, and long. And y'all going to love it, you sick fucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah man. <laughs> but no, for bass, it's for bass, it's like a little more like, oh, fuck, what song are we playing? Like, I have to like know it. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? You're like, wait a second. I got to hit this. This groove here what are you talking about yeah exactly and it's the you know the story of my life is there a b section what the fuck you gotta know this shit whereas if you're a, if you have, if i was playing guitar i don't give a fuck if there's a b section i'll figure it like i'll hear them do it and then i'll dance on top of it but if i'm playing bass it's like ah oh, jesus fucking christ like what um but anyway i've i've calmed down i've calmed down with all that because you know it's happened to me in the past like you know and i'm just like oh my fucking god like what is happening like how is this gonna work and I've done it where like the bass player in the band stays up and we have a bass off or the bass player in the band get like just hands me the bass and I take over. I think both are suitable options and I'm uh, I'm a fan of the bass sit in. I really I've 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 learned to embrace it. I think it's cool. I'm here for it. it <laughs> so too many zoos. It happens you know, very rarely. It's a rare thing. But when it happens, it's usually pretty great. We've only done it a couple of times in our whole career. When once was with O'Teal. And that that's was, fun it was really fun he had a really cool take on everything but yeah it is a rare breed you can always bring the trumpet player up it doesn't matter what's going on the only the, yeah it doesn't even really matter but you could switch in the rhythm section is tough drummers you never swap the drummer you always add the guy you're like oh you, you want to come sit in with us here's some tablas even if you don't play yeah. them <laughs> yeah just do that <laughs> stand next to the drummer and do that we Right. Just stand over my left shoulder and fucking hit this china a couple times and we'll be good. Yeah, yeah like, we'll get we'll your name. It'll be fine. <laughs> Everybody claps. Everybody Very nice. There. It's great. Ah. It's like real show business when a drummer gets swapped out. It's just, it's kind of a so fun, true. It's kind of a fun thing about our scene, and you don't see this in other scenes, is a lot of collabing. And then you see it like on steroids in hip hop. In hip hop, it's all collabs all day long, and then it's nowhere else. And then in the jam band, we have little like sit-ins, but less collabs, but sit-ins. Totally, and yeah, less you know feature culture, right? Where it's just like this, you know, this single featuring this guy or this single featuring that guy. And for that matter, for that matter, diss tracks. You're calling each other out mm -hmm. in hip hop. Yeah. I love that. It's fantastic. It's the best thing ever, you know? We need more jam band diss tracks. I just, I, we're too nice. <laughs> we're too nice to each other. It's crazy. I don't know if everybody has in the back of their mind this, like, would Jerry approve type of thing, which is just, I don't know Dude. if that would make sense anymore. I think 
We should. Uh, the problem with this podcast is it's public. People obviously right. know we get along. So then when we put out our diss songs for each other, it might not be that believable, unfortunately. But sure. I know. I, I think we should still go for it. A nice diss Dude, war. if you make one, I'll make one. But it's all love. You know, we know it's all fucking love. You get cloud cord. I'll get cloud cord. <laughs> we both use him. <laughs> To produce the Illmatic beats, dude. Yeah, that will be Jerry approved as fuck. And I I can't wait. I really can't wait. I met Cloud Cord himself. Remind me of his real name. Derek. Derek. I met Derek in Houston at Emo's because he was sitting in. I I was opening for Pigeons Playing Ping Pong and Mm -hmm. he sat in mentioning the sit-in culture that we have. It's a beautiful thing, you know, um... And those guys are real good at it and real inviting and and wonderful uh, when it comes to all that stuff. And Derek sat in and it was awesome. And I've just, you know, now that I've seen all the shit you guys have been putting out, like produced by him, this shit sounds amazing. I'm so hyped on all of it. And it's like, I don't know. I think you guys are striking such a sick balance between, you know, the live and the fucking absolutely medical, you know, production. It's fucking sick. I'm all in. Yeah, and Derek is... Uh, he's he, amazing. He's a huge key to that because nobody knows how he does what he does. But it, it all comes out sounding so good where if I made it, it would, it would never come out that good. And also, like, he has certain vibe and stuff and he just brings that vibe to the track. Those tracks, the drums are all real. They're all being played by Alan. So it has this weird is this techno, is it not thing going on the whole time? And he manages to mix that in a way that sounds really cool. A hundred percent. No, it's about the blend for me. And he does a really masterful job of all of that. It's fucking really, really cool. And it was great to meet him. Great to meet him. And then I'm seeing all the stuff with you guys and I'm just like, wow, that was the guy who sat in and did all the shit. It was really cool. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, so he'll make your diss track of me and I'll make my diss track with him you and just like fucking jerry man jerry is gonna love all of it it goes to jerry we'll try and make jerry approve that'll be the theme of the diss track is does jerry approve it it's like kind of like a i think it'll be very roasty (laughs) i think that's nice i think that's nice you know i feel like on the inside like push a t and drake like love each other you know we'll do it differently we'll do it the jam band way where everybody's all happy but then we have diss tracks i think that's uh, great Dumfries, it was fine it did you i didn't know i don't know about that tracks we just like you know i went to their show and i fell asleep backstage and they took a picture <laughs> of it and put it on their backstage pass that they gave out to everybody which <laughs> is you know i love it why are you laughing? I don't get that humor. I don't see the humor in that. I don't know what's funny about that. My shirt was up, so my belly button was out. I don't see why that's funny. Like, they couldn't have picked yeah. the picture where my shirt was down. It's unbelievable. With these people. So, obviously, I looked tired, and then they made fun of that. And so, we did a cover of Same Old G, and we changed the lyrics to, like, address the situation. I love G. that. It was super G, yeah. Was it G? Nice. It was good. nice. I feel like that was the back and forth. It was legit. I mean, look, <laughs> the the picture was was unflattering. I'm gonna be honest with you. It was an unflattering picture, and I still cry about it to this day. But I'm trying to be tough. I know I'm in the you know entertainment industry, and I have to be tough about this kind of stuff. 
got to grow a real thick skin around these Humphreys guys. They're going to, they're going <laughs> to. Seriously. Can't eat any pizza around the Humphreys guys at all. No pizza. No pizza. No falling asleep. Oh, wah. John just wanted a little nap. Yes. And you guys were going on and on and on. (laughs) Show was endless. 30 minute ocean billy. I just like, I didn't even fall asleep. I like lost consciousness and fell over on the couch. Dude, sometimes enough is enough. (laughs) Sometimes enough is enough, you know? I think if you're backstage listening to the music and you can't see the rock, the rock block they're putting up, then it it just. It gets overwhelmed. It doesn't count. Yeah, you need to sure. see the rock block to be like really charged up. Uh, we I have feel some shows with Umphreys coming up again in, in uh, June where we're going to play four shows with those guys and see how that goes. Oh, yeah. Are you doing, yeah, is that like a yield, like, you know, you, does everybody get two sets in that format? What does that look like? I, honestly, I have no idea. I have no idea. They, they just, <laughs> I don't, I, a, I have no idea. B, I don't really care. I think that there's sure. these stories about like Jimi Hendrix opening up for the Who and like jumping on the table and be like, "No way!" And um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm anyone. In our, I'm not going to do that. I don't know if somebody else is, but look, I feel like you might do that. Are you not going to do? <laughs> I mean, I don't you? know if I would. I don't. I feel like there's too many positives to being done early. There's just too many positives. You're done at eight oh five. You know, you're in some cool place. You can go dinner at a good restaurant, go out, meet people. Just you know, I'm, I'm it's too, so true. Yeah, I, I see both sides. I don't know why Hendrix. You're gonna drive your new fucking you know pickup truck with the hot tub in the back to the to the club and just be good to go. You're gonna be cold lamping in there post show. It's gonna be eight forty seven. They're going to be doing whatever they're doing in there. <laughs> You're good to go. Yeah, I'm going to be I think it's reducing great. my inflammation with a street ice bath next to the club. Yeah. It's like, normal uh, shit. You just it's order just normal. champagne to the pickup truck in the club. I feel like we do that wetlands back in the day. The, um, really? that's, that's what's going to happen on the early days and the late nights. We have to play late and close and be good. That's awesome. All those things they expect in the entertainment business. Sure, sure. I mean, it's just cutthroat out there. It's so just cutthroat. It's unbelievable. unbelievable. I think that'll be great, and that's fun. That's really fun. When's that? That's June or something? That's, that is June, I think, 8, 9, 10, 11 or something. Yeah. It's oh, right. dude. Unbelievable. Around the corner. We're going to blink. This podcast won't be out for two years after that. So, I mean, <laughs> that's unbelievable. Exactly. People wow. Like Hopefully we can release this podcast before the zombie apocalypse. That is the goal that we have. But, you know. That would be strong. We released one last week. So I feel like this one might actually get released on time. I don't know why. Like, we go through these stints where we're, like, all about the podcast. And it gets released every week. And everything's great. And then we just get bored of that after a while. And we do other stuff. And we come. But the nice thing about the podcast is you can always come back. And make right. 12 episodes in a row. And I get all these messages from people about how much they like them. I just, just like, you've done pod, you've made more podcasts than me by a factor of three. I did, did you think so? Made you think so? Three times as many podcasts as I have. Oh, you want to fight? Should we fight? I, think so. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I have a problem where I just, I can't stop talking ever, you know? And then sometimes people put a microphone in front of it and it's just an absolute disaster. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, I like podcasting, but I think it adds to the mythology of you and your podcast, the fact that you do things a little uh, unorthodox, you know, here at Touchdowns all day. I think it's cool. I think it's a good I like thing. That. It does add to the mythology, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the, uh, we have a, a certain simplicity to what we do where we don't get all crazy. We've had some podcasts that literally a whole arenas of people listen to. We've had some huge podcasts and never let it go to our head. Never do we like think, okay, every once in a while we like get sponsors or something and pretend to be a real podcast. But our podcast, it's really just about listening to music. It's really, I'm not trying to it's a beautiful be a professional thing. podcaster. I'm just trying to listen to my own band's music on a regular basis because it's so, do you find that to be difficult to, to listen to the stuff that you're doing on stage for people? Oh, wildly difficult, wildly difficult. I find that a lot more difficult than, you know, I've just been beating myself over the head with all my mixes for this record and whatnot. And that I drive myself absolutely up a wall with as well. But I find that easier than listening to shit on the archive or nugs or whatever springs up like live recordings. Cause then I'm just like, Oh my God, like what the fuck? But then if you were there <laughs> and you're watching the video and you're watching people go absolutely ape shit at a moment where I'm like, this does not translate to the tape. Like what, <laughs> what the fuck is this? It's tough, but it's also, it's humbling. It's good. It, I think it's good for you. There are some, there's always, you know, those lightning in a bottle moments in what we do that are important to recognize and listen back to and try and learn from and see if they'll ever happen again and whatever. Yeah, no, I think it's a, I think it's an important practice. Do you do that a lot with your shit or you try to? I have a lot of different ways that I try and do that. Cause I think with the amount of improv that we play, there's, yeah. I feel like we are going to just start using the improv to create music faster because sure. the improv is like really kind of as far as music goes, it's fairly well thought out at this point. I mean, we're doing it at a level where there's A sections and B sections and all sorts of stuff. And harmonically, it's all together. But when you walk off the stage, you're never going to find you're, you're not going to remember any of that. There's like a zero percent. You're not going to none. Zero of it will ever make it to your life unless you like farm it. Where you sure and the podcast is part of that philosophy for me. It's like, how do I farm these shows? Well, I have this very public thing where I have to listen to them, and if I don't, the whole public knows. So it like <laughs> inspires me to listen to these shows, and then we do this interview thing because I don't know. I like I like meeting people that I work around. You know, we wouldn't know each other really if it wasn't for the podcast, and we got to hang out at at the Mirage, and you know, when I see you at all these festivals, we get to hang out. So it's like. It's fun. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a little bit of work. It's a little bit of like, mm. eh. <laughs> you know, you do, you put up a couple microphones, you shoot the shit with a person. No, it's a good thing. I feel you. I totally feel you. So when you, when you're talking about listening back to your own shit, it's mostly for the purpose of fucking mining new song material you're talking full a sections b sections and whatnot like you're you're listening for those reasons among others well i haven't really successfully done that yet so i don't want to say yes but i think that is the reason yeah sure it's like i just would love to be able to understand what we're doing better 
and you know make improvements on it somehow but it's like so so sure it's, it's so much like we have our own version of, of Marco's you're cool just do it like we have our own version right. of that because there's a certain um je ne sais quoi in the music there's a certain like like uh randomness and excitement that happens out of nowhere and the more constraints you put on it the less likely that's going to happen so you kind of have to just let it be free um 100 yeah so great yeah i think you guys do a great job of that and that's what's exciting about seeing you guys among other things and the songs are obviously i love i love the songs but there there is sort of a magic in this kind of freedom you know and just sort of like let's just go for it you just are on full send yeah. <laughs> all the time which i appreciate it's you know crazy it's so crazy. It's fucking <laughs> sick it's so crazy it's so weird it's like it's it's definitely like I definitely list go see bands and they're very well coordinated. Like you go see Billy Joel or something and every yeah. step that the backup dancers are all in, you know, 40 years of co, you know, choreograph choreography. And, uh, it's tough. It's tough having the exact opposite mindset of that, which is like no choreography, no this, and just like keep it completely loose. But, I feel like yeah. you guys are doing that. We're doing that. Like, there's a lot of other. There's a couple of bands doing that nowadays. It seems to be uh, like uh, surviving in the business. The like kind of the jazz ethos of yeah. rock and roll. Totally, it's like it's like jazz punk rock to me. There's something so punk rock about it in the sense of just fucking. You're just it's it's just raw. It's just raw, you know, fucking take it or leave it. It's going to hit or it's going to miss like good fucking luck. You know, I don't know. I like, I, like, <laughs> I, yeah, I sort of come from that world, you know, a little bit. Like I grew up, you know, playing fucking thrash metal and punk and like all that shit. Like, you know, I love all that music as well. And, you know, I, I, I like kind of coming at it from that perspective a lot of the time where i'm like oh shit like fucking we're just gonna fuck faces right now and if you like it i hope you fucking like it and if i fuck up who gives a fuck you know what i mean like i don't know if you don't it's all good like we're just you know when you're spontaneously creating like you say like you, you just gotta be open to the fact that it could hit or miss and i think that's punk rock yeah. <laughs> and it's jazz so it's it's so many things it's it's pretty wild it's pretty wild i like it <laughs> yeah, it's a new jazz. We're we're making like a, especially with the the like forays into electronic music, and there's some guys in the electronic scene that are doing some similar things too. So there might be some convergences coming up in the future. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but it's totally. definitely and I love that. It's gonna be fun to be out this summer to see what this new kind of music kind of turns out to be with so many cool acts out there kind of starting making their first albums going on you know going on tour like these are things that are like seminal moments for for people and, and this summer is going to be a lot of that i think all these festivals that everyone's playing together i think it's gonna be a really fun summer with a, the like you know i flew somewhere last weekend i you know and no mask the whole way no mask no wow. uber mask no not it's wow just, I was like, holy crap, I like traveling again. Like, oh, right. you know, it's, it's, you're like, I'm good. I'm good. That's amazing. Wow. All right. You went to fucking New Orleans. Holy balls, dude. <laughs> no masks down there. Holy shit. That's wild. It was cool. I always overeat in New Orleans. So I'm always like rolling around the place. But like, uh, it was, it was really great. And the flight was so easy. 
And everything was so easy. It was like, holy crap, we can just travel again and we're on it. That's crazy. So I feel like this Sick. summer, like, it's going to be a lot of that. And then, and then hopefully we'll survive that. We'll see what happens. Yeah, totally. It's a lot of throwing caution to the wind and, you know, saying, let's, let's hope this all works out. <laughs> sort of what it feels like to be on tour. I'm like, hey, you know. I was like selling my own merch every night, like just fucking getting off stage and just hustling over there and slinging shirts and art prints and all kinds of crazy shit that I'm selling. And I'm like, ooh, Karina, like, that, this is not the math. Like, you gotta, you gotta make, like, I mean, you, I love doing that. And like, it's, it's all good. But like, I was just like, I am probably this close to getting COVID. I really, you know, I'm, I'm testing the upper limits here, but I didn't, I'm good. We're all good, but yeah, totally. It's like, and then it's like, well, if you do the tour's over. Right. And, right. And you're talking um, to like a hundred people after the show and it's, at least one of them has to have COVID. I mean, hundred percent. And they're screaming in my face, like right here, spitting all over me, like just like whiskey breath. Like I'm like, oh, dude, like how is this? Like, Karina, you got to stop doing this. But also, like, I love it, and it's so nice to meet. Be like, you know, I'm out there. I'm out there. It's great. It's great. Um, yeah. Just... It's definitely like a hard thing to do, but it's great when you get to do it. But I always found the poster signing process to be like very, very emotionally difficult for some weird reason. Cause you have oh, wow. so many people so quickly and they give you those big eyes and you're just like affected by so many different people. And they're also different that I always thought it was difficult to do, but we've definitely, it's an intense thing. We've done. Yeah. It's a really nice thing. It's hard to do it after the show. You play the show, and then you're like, okay, now i got to go to this other thing, which is also kind of a show, but not really. And sure, and you're exhausted and emotionally wrought by the music you just made. Now you're seeing the wide-eyed people. You're touched they came. They're saying nice things to you. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's it's all It's amazing. It's an amazing thing. You, you know. It's, it's not for everyone. My drummer, Chris, he's a very introverted guy, and he just can't even believe that I go out there immediately. Like, I put my shit down, and I'm like, see ya, and I'm, like, out there, you know? Bye. Oh, yeah, like, especially on these little tours where I'm, you know, losing insurmountable amounts of money and, like, just fucking, you know, pulling it together by sheer force of will, you know, and bootstraps and whatever, you know, I'm like, I'm not paying for a merch seller. Your girl's out here, like sayonara you know and i'm i'm going and like i don't know my band adam my guitar player he's he's rather outgoing and like you know a man a man of the people you know but chris he's he's very you know shy and like you know keeps to himself and like just can't even imagine the amount of energy i put out there just talking to people after the show and then of course i lose my voice and then i'm like oh my fucking god and you know, I just thank God I'm not trying to be Pavarotti out there. It's okay if my voice sounds a little fucked up. And, uh, you know, you hope you get it back by the next show. You just, you, you hope for the best. It's a crazy thing. It is a crazy thing. I wonder if Pavarotti did do that, though. He had to, right? Pavarotti's definitely done tons of... Do you think he was slinging? ...graphs after the show. Because he's only the Pavarotti that we know at the end of his career. That's now, true. That's 55-year-old Pavarotti. There was a 35-year-old Pavarotti. He didn't start singing at 54. 
he was singing his whole life and signing t-shirts and doing everything he needed to do just like the rest of us are and then he just made it to 55 and then they're like look at this guy look at this guy he's still doing it he's still doing it he's so fucking beautiful look at this fucking guy oh my god yeah you think he was like sleeping on the floor of the van like me like what do you you know he's probably sleeping in the death crack man (laughs) he's probably like he's probably slept in like a mail truck or something like that i could definitely I think his role is a little different, though, because he, he probably is able to perform without any equipment at all. So he basically That's just true. needs his clothing and to show up at wherever they're doing the opera thing. And then he walks out there and goes, <laughs> you know, I don't think he has like a, he doesn't need an amp or anything. So there's probably a certain amount of um, just like jumping in the back of a pickup truck and driving to the next town and finding somewhere to crash in his whole lifestyle. Right. And just being good to go before he became, you know, probably, you know, limoed and private jetted around. Maybe not private. You think Papa is flying private? I, I doubt it. I doubt it. He's hard. probably he's probably just trying to live a good life and trying to maximize his his off time. He probably does as sure. few shows as he can and tries to kill them, like just do the biggest shows possible or TV or something. Totally. And absolutely bodying it in the process. It's great. It's great. I mean, yeah. we're, I'm, I'm a fan. I just, uh, you know, when I, <laughs> when I lose my voice, I'm not like, Oh my God, like, thank God I don't have to sing opera tomorrow. Like it's, it's okay. <laughs> I'll be there. It's going to be, it's going to be all right. I, uh, it always somehow, at least so far, knock on wood, you know, it, it, it comes back before the show, but you know, you don't lose it hitting the high note. You lose it talking to people after the show really like that's it's just unbelievable you don't lose your voice at the show you lose your voice at the after party there's no question no question people don't know that you see these are the things we gotta you gotta inform the public it's really (laughs) these are the things it's one of those things where like the the problem is when you have a show the next day that's the good after party but with the show the next day, that where there's no show the next day, the after party's not as good, frankly, because half the people are going home in their minds, you know? So totally. You have to be able to do both, though. In in this real world that we entertain in, the pros that we entertain in, you need to be able to go to the after party and then be able to sing the next day at the show. It's just one of those things. Exactly. And, like, you know, if something suffers ever so slightly, that's on uh, that's on you and you're going to be just fine, you know, because you're going to muscle it through and you're going to thug it out and it's going to be OK, yeah. you know, or you just got to tell yourself that. And then hopefully come like 645 p.m. You're like, OK, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I, I got this. I totally got it. <laughs> yeah. I oranges on top of my amp, just like sliced oranges and just like rip oranges like the whole first really? set. Trying to get it, through because you're you're on tour, you're in, you're living out of this van with a couple of people or whatever, and somebody's like, "I have a really nice house, and we have we have people coming over." Like, you're not going to go to that. You're going to go to that, a hundred percent of the time, and that is. <laughs> and then you run into this situation is it's impossible to avoid this. It's a death sentence. You're just you're just doing it to yourself uh, over and over and not learning any lessons and <laughs> just. Yeah, it's way. unbelievable. There's a certain lack of lessons in the music business. There's no question. There's just, just, it's, it's, it's the moment where society gets to celebrate the fact that you can totally exist fine and not do any lessons. Just leave, right. Leave exactly. Away. 
and you just keep on existing. You keep on just playing your show day in and day out. You're sleeping in strange locales and traveling in a, you know, a touring death trap. I, I really do like during the day, this is not unlike, you know, the, the hotel baths that are unsavory that I take, you know, but, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, on like a long drive during the day, I have been known to go into what we colloquially refer to as the death crack, which is like, you know, in the sprinter, like, you know, where, mm -hmm. you know, if you're sitting, you're sitting in like a seat, right? Where your feet go. Yes. I'm just down in there. I'm like way in, in. between the seats. In between the seats, like a mofo, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, your head is, like, right where the heat is. And talk about drying it's out nice. your entire system, you know. And you're just in there. And then, of course, like, I'm the one with the credit card to put the gas on. Which, by the way, it's, it's not easy out there right now. But so, like, you know, they'll, like, come to a stop. And I'll, like, feel that we've stopped. And then I stumble up. And I'm like, here's the card, boys. Here's the card. Here's the card. And then, like, go back into my hole. It's really... A crazy thing. Wow. And so, but the fact that you even fit in there is amazing to me because that's what I say. It gives you this you whole perspective of touring that other people can't have, which is how do you just lay down while you're on the road? I just go right down in the crack, man. Jive down in the crack. It gets me right. It gets me right. That and the bats. You know, you gotta you gotta get your little uh your little tactics for surviving and then and then you're good <laughs> well i agree with the baths entirely i mean we were we were looking for hotels with really large tubs for years um I, i'm so happy to hear that them. i mean they exist everywhere and we those are good tours those are tours where i'm like really on it because you're laying in a bathtub for two hours after the show instead of going to some after party and getting crazy you're just sitting in a bathtub relaxing and getting your energy Dude. to restore so it's just yeah I don't know. i'm so glad yeah it'd be so great i had this whole pickup truck idea is just fabulous because <laughs> it really would be an amazing tour like the one uh doesn't bob weir tour with like a full fitness setup with him like the ropes and the trainer and the, the totally ropes, right well, you know, we, it's a bathtub. We bathtub over, you know what I mean? Like the dude, all that working out is real fine. talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah but the bathtub is probably just as useful, if not even more. I think it's more restorative, you know. Like I think, I think Bob should add that to his rig, you know, because he probably he's a man who probably needs a soak after all that. You gotta, you gotta get back to to one, you know. <laughs> the bath is is key, you know. That's good. I'm glad that you're on board for this. I think we can build this and and you can take it first. And then when you guys aren't on the road, I'll take it. We can share it. It'll be like a timeshare for the mobile hot tub. <laughs> I mean, if you want to do that, I'm totally in. I will do a timeshare tub for sure because it's a business as well as a restorative thing. And it's like absolutely musicians, we always have to start little side businesses to to survive and this is just the next iteration of that that hustle it makes a lot of sense it's a great hustle i feel like we can rent it out to other people when we're not on the road you know i think it's great you know i think i think aaron will really be into it too i think uh you know i don't know he's trying to build that pool mm -hmm. then he just got the above ground pool i feel like he appreciates a good soak too so i think you got two of you guys I'm enough for us all. I'm going to enjoy it <laughs> endlessly. <laughs> so it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Amazing. And then the boys won't look at me sideways when we, you know, stay at a shitty hotel and they're like, please tell me you didn't, you didn't take a bath. 
did you? I'm like, oh yeah, I did. But I, uh, you know, yeah, it's great. I'm like, what's this shit growing on my leg? I, I would, yeah. I would think using the soap in that hotel would be worse than using the tub. Frankly, couldn't agree more. I BYO soap always. You're always BYOing the soap, always the hair products. Imagine using mm-hmm. those shisty ass hair products. I'd rather that be little dead. Little soap with the with the chapproof wrapper on it that like terrible sticks to your it's skin terrible. when you move it yeah and it's like ribbed or like not even it's got like fucking like bumps all over it i don't need the bumps get your bumps off my fucking soap like what is this I'm, I'm you like the bumps yeah, you could have all of my bumpy soaps you sick fuck and it's terrible it's disgusting I, I have larger skin like i need a bump to scrape the the stuff off you know what i mean I need, right i need a, a heavier form of sandpaper or it doesn't do anything for me sure that makes sense hot. that checks out it all checks out. Oh, my God. Wow. Well, fuck. I mean, if we toured together, things could really be different. Things could really be different. This is the future. This is the future. Yeah. We're, we're, we're manifesting. here on the, on the podcast, folks. This is big. This is big stuff. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate talking to you. I think that we covered everything. And... Um... I don't know. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I feel like this has been a really great convo. I am, I'm, I'm very happy about this. We are going to also release the second one right next at the same time. So it's great. We're going to have like a, a Karina, just binge all the Karina conversation. We're obviously talking about all your music in there and all your projects. So I think everybody can you know, go to their, their Spotify's and their Nugs apps and stuff and do everything they need to do. Listen to some. I love that. Get it popping. Yes. Yes. Dude, thank you so much. Yeah, no, I think it's good. I think it's good. You get the time capsule. You get the 2020 the, in the trenches, and then you get the, uh, you know, the, the, the postscript or something. You get the 2022 doing better back in the city. No turkeys, just shitty baths and, uh, you know, yeah. sleeping in the death crack. It's like, you know, just uh, just as we all intended it to be. So I'm stoked. Thank you for having me uh, with the with the double double header. It's great. It's amazing. Yeah, it's going to be great. We're excited. Crunk uh, is very uh, said, asked me to say thanks because he just thought you were really cool to work with scheduling this whole thing. And she's like, she's the coolest man. Blah, blah, so, oh, dude, Crunk Mike, can we just fucking let's give a round, rousing applause for Crunk Mike? Nobody is better than that guy. Real talk. <laughs> I feel so crunk just texting with him or whatever. I'm like, dude. He gets me so lifted. I love He's that. Sober. Guy. He's totally sober. It's insane. Ah, oh, dude. I mean, me too, basically. It's unbelievable. I, I feel it. I just feel him. He's so great. He's like, do you know, you know, Towley from South Park? He's like the closest human thing we have to Towley somewhere. Dude, don't forget to break come back. <laughs> dude, Crunk is next level. I can't even believe. I, you know, it, like, you know, part of the joy of all of this is that I got to talk to Crunk Mike so much. It's unbelievable. I'm I'm thrilled. So thank you for bringing him into my life. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Look, I feel that way with a lot of people. You know, it's great. Unbelievable. All right. All right Dude. Thank you so much. I will. Thank you. you. I'll see you in like two weeks on the road. Yeah, you will. Cheers. Thanks, John. Bye. All right, everyone. We made it. Whoa, we made it. I'm converting. Um, all right. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's it. That's it. There's Karina. Um, I don't know. We'll have to edit this down a little bit, but 
That was Karina Reichman. Uh, I always feel weird in the post-interview because I want to, like, continue to talk, but we just talked for, like, an hour and a half, and that was the, you know, that was the easiest hour have conversation I've had since before the pandemic, it feels like. It's just she's so amazingly funny and just easy to talk to and just hilarious. It's just like that's – I always really love musician hangs. I just really, I really love talking to other musicians. They're so funny. You know, so we are going to wrap that. This is episode whatever, and uh, there we go. The Karina Reichman episode. Thank you so much. Thanks to everyone working on the Touchdowns All Day Podcast Network, Crunk Mike, the Osiris Podcast Network, everybody involved. And, hey, uh, you guys have a great day. We're mass communicating. We're mass communicating.